Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Yelton, we have a podcast. Diving, diving deep. deep. Diving deep into all things Texas. Both on and off the field. Here's Sean Pendergast. And Pro Football Hall of Famer, The General. Sean McClain. Welcome, welcome to Utopia. Hey everybody, welcome into the Utopia Football Podcast. It is the recap version of the uh, Chargers and the Texans game from this Sunday afternoon. This past Sunday afternoon, we're recording this on Sunday night. You're probably listening to it on Monday morning. I'm Sean Pendergast, one half of Payne and Pendergast in the morning on Sports Radio 610. Of course, joined by the Hall of Famer and our senior Texans columnist at SportsRadio610.com, also GallerySports.com, John McClain. The Texans lose, John, today. 34-24 34-24 to the Los Angeles Chargers in a game that looked like it was going to get out of control pretty quickly. An early pick from Davis Mills turned into early points. 21-0 uh, was the score midway through the second quarter. And then Damian Pierce happened and kind of helped fish that game off of life support. But in the end, just not enough uh, for the Texans. The better team wins today uh, between the Chargers and the Texans. What's your Before we get into our uh, four stock up and four stock down, what was your big takeaway from today's game? It was a Hyde and Jekyll performance to fall behind uh, 27-7 at halftime um, with mistakes like Mills' interception that you mentioned set up the Chargers for an easy touchdown. You know, Austin Eckler, the Chargers running back, had 20 touchdowns last season. I think the Texans didn't realize it. He had none this season. He had three today and two rushing and one receiving. And they had so many mistakes. You know, Pep Hamilton, son of his play calling, people defend him. But that that fourth and one at the 24, having Mills roll out to his right to get the ball to Rex bleeping Burkhead, then nobody touched Khalil Mack. You'd think, Sean, if they if they blocked one guy on that defense, it'd be Khalil Mack, their best pass rusher. And that was a miscommunication, in other words, mental errors. And they stopped them there. And I, I wrote a thing in my report cards. It's on Texas. It's on no, that's the wrong website. It's on sportsradio610.com. <laughs> Old habits die hard, John. <laughs> yeah, my report cards on sportsradio610.com and my column about the incompetence and ineptness and inconsistency of the Texans amazes me. Um, I went over all the mistakes. 
and they have so many, even by veteran players. Laramie Tunsil, two penalties. And uh, Kenyon Green, I don't hold it against him, but, man, they were at the 22-yard line, and his penalty wiped out a 22-yard pass to Cooks, and they ended up punting. So they are a mistake waiting to happen, but they are now the worst team in the NFL. They have the first overall pick in the draft. Just don't blow it. Yeah, John, that would that will all be well and good, the first pick in the draft. And the reason you say that is because the Raiders got their first win of the season today against the Broncos. They beat the Broncos today. So the Texans are the only team still searching for a win on the season. Um, yeah, that'd be awesome if the draft were next month. But we still got to go through, what, 13 more of these things to, to get that thing. John, I don't know how I'm going to hold up over another 13 games if this is what we're going to be doing every Sunday. And you and I picked them to win six games when they were established over under four and a half. I thought, no way they're not going to win more than four games. They won four with David Culley. Now they got Lovey Smith. They've been to the Super Bowl, blah, blah, blah. And I don't know who they're going to beat. You know, they win. They they shouldn't beat the Chargers. So what? The Chargers got injuries. They got Justin Herbert. Texans got Davis Mills. They had a guy that scored 20 touchdowns last season. They still have Khalil Mack, and they had Derwin James. But the Texans put themselves in position in the fourth quarter again, and then the defense stunk it up on that last 84-yard, 12-play touchdown drive in which somebody went brain dead twice and left Austin Eckler wide open two times for a first down and a touchdown and if it's young guys, I can understand it. They won't tell us who it is. But if it's veterans, it's inexcusable. And do we think all of a sudden, Sean, they're just those guys are going to quit making mistakes? I don't think so. Yeah, not well, not the veteran guys. I mean, look, all the veteran guys on that defense, John, they're on one-year contracts with the Texans for a reason. If they were good players, they'd be on bigger contracts on better teams. So that is what it is on on defense. And I'm I'm with you. I agree on everything that you just said about this team where they are right now, um, you know, them being in these games. I guess the only thing I would say is, as far as you and I predicting six wins um, for, for the Texans, through these first four games, if we were counting up the six wins we thought they would get, I would say the Bears game is probably the only one that's, you know, a severe hit to our battleship, so to speak. Um, you know, I didn't have them winning against the Colts in week one. I certainly didn't have them winning in Denver in week two, nor did I have them winning against the Chargers um today uh so i i guess the the only thing that not the only thing but what makes me more nervous about getting to six wins more nervous than the fact that they're oh three and one is that the jags look better than we thought they would i know they lost to the eagles today but there's no shame in that the eagles are the only undefeated team left in the nfl um and and you know maybe some of these games that look a little easier on the schedule look you know the giants look to be a little frisky right now they beat the bears today and Washington looks to be bad, so that's one win you can chalk up there. But Deshaun Watson is going to play for the Browns when they play later this year. So, I, it, you know, the, look, the season takes all sorts of twists and turns, and there's going to be injuries to quarterbacks and things like that. I guess before we get into the four stock up and four stock down, how close do you think the Texans were in this game to possibly taking Davis Mills out? Because at one point during the game, Kyle Allen had his helmet on and was – throwing the ball around on the sidelines when they, when they fell behind 21, nothing that Damian Pierce touchdown, the 75 yard touchdown might've prevented us from having a very interesting talking point on Monday. If the Texans had, had continued to trail by so much in this game. 
I don't think Kyle Allen would have done that if Pep Hamilton didn't tell him to. So Pep's probably trying to get another quarterback in there can throw more balls to Rex Burkhead. <laughs> and uh, the only good thing about Kyle Allen is he might help him get closer to getting the first first overall pick. But Mills, you have to give them credit for the way they came back. They did come back. They scored twice in the fourth quarter. They've been down 30 to nothing in the fourth quarter, total incompetence. And Mills had two touchdown passes. That last interception wasn't his fault. It was thrown up for grabs on fourth and 19. But that first one, you know, brutal. He, he now has 16 touchdowns and two interceptions at home, and he's still on one, only one game. Yeah. That's he's only a, won two games yep. since he's become the starting quarterback. And it's pretty obvious right now they're going to be in the market for a franchise quarterback. It's a good year to have it, too, with – with C.J. Stroud, Bryce Young, Will Levis, and there might be a couple more that emerge, but you'd hate to see them after package picks. So go ahead. If you're going to be bad, be all the way bad. Yeah, yeah. You know what? I mean, in some ways, this first four games of the season, they've been competitive but lost games. You know, maybe that's the best way to – maybe that's the best possible outcome for the Texans. We'll see. But as of right now, they're the only team with no wins in the NFL so far this season after today's loss to the Chargers. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. All right, John, let's do this. Four stock up and four stock down here on what's been a long Sunday afternoon. I'll let you begin with the honors, my friend. We do four stock up and four stock down. Four players, storylines, or whatnot from the game today that went up in our minds, and then four that went down, that decreased in value, so to speak. John, let's do the stock ups first. The floor is yours. Uh, A person I've been ripping all year, including today, Caught a touchdown pass, had a 13-yard catch on third down for a first down. Rex bleeping Burkhead. His stock was definitely up compared to where he was. It's his first touchdown since they played the Chargers the day after Christmas last year. Now, I'm not in favor of giving him the ball. They only ran the ball 14 times, all because of Pierce. But Burkhead did have five catches, and two of them were good, and he averaged 7.8 instead of his usual five so his stock was up. His stock is definitely up, John. He might have he might have clinched another uh, another ten weeks of being a <laughs> be, being a semi feature back for this team with that performance today. I, I do feel like after the touchdown, and I know the other catch you're talking about, it was that swing pass out in the flat where he kind of had his hand on Kenyon Green's back. Kenyon Green was he kind of had a convoy out in front of him. Might have been a third down play, I think. Um, it was third down. He gained 13, 13 yards. Yep. Yep. And, and so I remember that play as well. And I just remember, I just remember saying to somebody up in the press box, I'm like, man, if, if Lovey Smith decides to flaunt this in front of our faces, like, see, this is why we have Rex out there. I was going to go, <laughs> I was going to go ballistic. I agree with you stock up on Rex Burkhead. Not that I want to see any more of him out there. And I certainly don't want to see him out there on fourth and one anymore ever. Um, but he, he did, do, he, he made a couple plays today. He did make a couple plays today. Um, John, I'm going to steal the obvious one from you. You usually throw Damian Pierce out there. I'm going to steal it from you today because we had Damian Pierce on the post game show today in studio with us. And it's just, 
it's impossible not to like that kid. And uh, he came in toting the ball under his arm that he had, uh, that he that he ran the that he had the seventy-five yard touchdown where he scored the seventy-five yard touchdown. They they let him keep that ball. He's going to give it to his mom who's in town watching the game. Um, this that stadium was lifeless. That stadium, John, when they fell behind twenty-one nothing, was the worst possible stadium you could ask for if you're the Texans. Because the fans weren't even booing anymore. Like, they just didn't care when they got down 21 nothing. It was apathy. And Damian Pierce had a couple nice blocks, one from Troy Hairston and another downfield from Brandon Cooks, who he gave credit to both of those guys when we when he had, we had him take us through the play in the postgame. Um, that 75-yard touchdown fished the Texans off of life support in that game, really gave them a spark. Um, you know, they were still trailing 27-7 at the half, but that, that play – kept that thing at least within striking distance. Um, and then he, he made some other runs, some other nice runs along the way. Uh, Damian Pierce is an obvious one to me. Like his stock continues to go up with each passing game. He's gotten, other than the two fumbles against the Bears, he seems to get better with each game that goes by. And today was really cool to see him get his first 100-yard performance. 14 carries, 131 yards. It's interesting because one of the reasons he was drafted in the fourth round other than the fact that he didn't get the ball a lot at uh, Florida, is he ran a 4-5-9 at the combine. Well, he didn't run a 4-5-9 when they were chasing him. No. When he turned that corner, he was gone, and they didn't catch him. And they got some fast defensive backs, so he showed better speed. Now, he caught six passes for eight yards because he lost six on one. They need to do a better job, Pep Hamilton does, of getting him in space as a receiver. You know, if he had ball in that screen pass that Burkhead did for 13, it might have been 33. But I would like to see him utilize him more as a receiver. But don't just do him as a dump it off as a last resort when a defensive player is right there. Mills has more negative completions than any quarterback I can remember because he dumps it off and they're not beyond the line of scrimmage. They're yeah. at or behind the line of scrimmage. So Pierce is quickly becoming the most popular player on this team. Not just most popular, John. He's their best offensive player. And I don't even know that there's an argument. You know, they, you know, maybe you can maybe someone can bring me a bunch of film on Laramie Tunsil this year, although Tunsil did not have a great game today with the penalties, as you mentioned. Um, but Tunsil's had a good year, though. I don't want to diminish that. Yeah, like he's, yeah. He's had a solid year. Um, but Pierce is their best offensive player, and it's not even close. So and he's next, popular. Yeah, we like oh he's he's got a John, we could have sat there and talked to him for an hour. Um, and I think he would have, but Texans PR was in the room, and I don't think they wanted to put him in the position of talking to me and Clint for an hour. But I promise you, it would have been a well-listened-to hour <laughs> if it involves Damian Pierce. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Um, John, what's your next stock up? My next stop up, stock up is going to be a receiver, and it's not Brandon Cooks. It's a guy who said they need to get the ball to more. 
this week when we were doing our Utopia podcast, yeah. and that would be Nico Collins. Three catches, 82 yards, 58-yarder, in which he got behind his secondary. Mills put it in there to him. So he averaged 27.3. They they target Cooks so many times. And Cooks was, let's see, targeted today seven. He caught all seven, but only for an 8.1-yard average. Yeah. You know, so I want him to get the ball to Collins more, get it to him down the field, let him fight people for the ball. Because we saw him in off-season program and training camp. When you throw that ball in the end zone and he's at 6'4", and he's got long arms and he's got strong hands and he's willing to fight for the ball, throw it up there when he's one-on-one and give him a chance. Yeah. On fourth and one, how about throwing a back shoulder to him instead of Rex bleeping Burkhead? I'm, I'm, I'm with you on that. And, Nick, and, and Nico's been getting open. You know, Davis has been, for whatever reason, you know, a lot of the incompletions feel like they're in Nico's direction. The interception was in Nico's direction. Nico was open on that interception, the, the first series of the game. He was open on that play. Davis just sails it 10 feet over his head. So I'm with you. I, I, I don't know that the numbers, I don't know that the numbers are reflective of exactly what Nico is doing in running routes. He may be getting open more than we think. So I, I'm with you in that 58 yard catch, the 58 yard catch by Collins and the 75 yard run by Pierce are the two plays that make this day offensively for the Texans probably look better on paper than it actually was play to play. They still had a lot of negative plays in this game. And Davis had a lot of inconsequential completions until he started really throwing the ball downfield. John, there was a point in this game where Davis Mills had thrown the ball 22 times for 93 yards, 93 yards on 22 attempts. That is ridiculous. So he averaged 5.4 yards per attempt for the whole game. No, no, for what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, that, that right. And so that's that's just unacceptable. Um, you know, look, he he got it going in the second half of the game, and that's all well and good. Um, but, uh, yeah, I'm I'm with you on that. Nico Collins, stock up. My The last stock up for us, my second one, Texans special teams. I know Kaimi Fairbairn missed a field goal, but when I think of special teams, I'm not necessarily talking about the specialists. In this case, I'm talking about the coverage teams, who I thought did a great job all day on uh, kickoff returns, on punt returns. Um, and particularly, they really gave the Texans a chance to make this thing super interesting when they were um, fortunate enough to be the next team to dislodge the ball from DeAndre Carter. The, the team on a long list of teams that have dislodged the ball from DeAndre Carter in the return game through the years. I have no idea how this guy keeps getting jobs returning kicks. He's ridiculous when it comes to the fumbles. I turned to Landry Locker sitting next to me on that kickoff when DeAndre was back there and I turned to Landry and I said, come on, DeAndre, give us one of your, I feel it. One of your famous patented fumbles right here. And sure enough, he fumbled on that play. It really would have been interesting, John, if the Texans could have punched it into the end zone after that fumble and made the chargers play from even just behind by one point, made them play from behind a little bit in the fourth quarter of that football game. Unfortunately, they only came away with a field goal um, and cut it to 27, 24, but the Texans special teams have been outstanding this year, and I thought they did a really good job today in coverage. They did, and uh, uh, safety MJ Stewart made that hit. Linebacker Jalen Reese Maybin made the recovery at the 16-yard line, and they couldn't score. Sack, you know, to realize how many sacks they've had when it's a really big play. They yeah. haven't given up an inordinate number of sacks, but when it's a big play, going back to the strip sack against Indianapolis, and that was one, and they had to kick the field goal. And I'll tell you what, speaking of 
special teams. Kaimi Fairbairn missed on his 46-yard field goal. Reminded me of how kickers miss in Cleveland when the wind's gusting about 60 miles an hour. And I was wondering, did somebody open a door down there? I know. <laughs> he, looked like, he looked like he was drawing the heck out of the ball on the golf course. Yeah, no, he, it's funny. Uh you know, my brother used to be a kicker for Notre Dame back in the day, and his one of his first games he ever kicked in was the Sugar Bowl in um, 1992. It was Notre Dame against Florida, Steve Spurrier, Florida team. And uh, my brother was kicking off in that game. He was a substitute in that game. He came in for Craig Hentrick, who tore his knee. Um, Hentrick went on to be in the NFL for about 15 years as a punter. Um, so Kevin comes into that game. And he had a good game. He made a field goal, a few extra points, but he kicked a kickoff kind of like Kaimi's field goal that you're talking about. He duck hooked this kickoff so far into the bench area. And the commentators <laughs> on the game, the commentators on the game were Al Michaels, Dan Deardorff, and Frank Gifford. It was like the Monday night football team at that time was doing the Sugar Bowl. And Deardorff just disgustedly goes, that's how you get to be three off the tee. <laughs> <laughs> great line. It was a great line. That's a, you made me think of that just now when you talked about Kaimi duck hooking that ball today. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. All right, let's do our four stock down, John, and then we'll call it a night. Uh, four stock down on the Texans-Chargers game today. John, you go first. Pep Hamilton, fourth and one at the 24. Instead of putting David, I mean Damian Pierce in the game and running the ball, spreading him out, running the ball, they put in Rex bleeping Burkhead, and for some reason, he rolls out Davis Mills to the right, and Davis Mills is not the rollout type, and then they forget to block Khalil Mack. Boom. Boom goes the dynamite. Yep. I thought it was one of the worst calls uh, that I've ever seen. Uh, John, I had, I did too, and let me let me add one on. This is not my stock down. I'm adding a, a, sub, a subtext to yours. Did you watch all the way through to the very end of the game, the very last play of the game? Uh, yeah. Why in the world they had Damian Pearson for that handoff? John, uh, I mean, let me tell you, I'm more angry about that than I am the fourth and one. And let me tell you why. First of all, the only reason that they were still out on the field is because Lovey used his last time out while the Chargers were taking knees, which was the most ridiculous thing. It's silly. It's petty. It's dumb. If you do any sort of math, you can add up the numbers. Even you calling that timeout means all you're going to have left when they're done taking these is 12 seconds. So stop it already with using the timeouts. Let everybody go home and get in the traffic and leave. Stop it already with the timeouts. But then that they have 12 seconds left and that they use those 12 seconds from their own 32-yard line down 10 points with 12 seconds left in the game, that instead of sending Davis Mills out there to take a knee, they hand the ball to Damian Pierce, who gets hit by three or four guys on that play. John, if Damian Pierce got hurt on that play, I know he didn't, and I know he's a tough kid. If he got hurt on that play, Pep Hamilton should be fired, period. Like, he shouldn't be allowed back in the locker room. That was the most unnecessary 
you're taking your best player and putting him in harm's way for no reason, zero reason, none. That carry did not do Damian Pierce any good. There's no experience he got from that carry. That's going to make him, what's it going to make him go get 141 in the next game? He was already your best football player in this game. I was so livid about that, John, that they're doing unnecessary. That's either carelessness or just or, or an inability to compute the situation because that that was that was malpractice right there. That is why you have Rex bleeping Burkett on yes! the team. Send him out there. Yeah, no, I'd hate to send the precious Sacrifice Prince Rex him. Burkett out there. Yeah, no kidding. I that, I was I got angrier and angrier. Someone texted me. You know who texted me about that during the post game, John Greg Rajan your former coworker from the Chronicle, he was equally angry about it. And I was angry at the time. And then Greg texted me and Greg and I are usually on the same wavelength on a lot of stuff like that. The game management, Greg's a really smart dude. And uh, he texted me that during the, the post game show. And I almost lost it during the post game show. Like, I, I'm like, you know what? You're right. Like this is, this is one of the dumbest things I've ever seen. It was ridiculous. Yep, it was. It was ridiculous. All right. So that's my sort of subtext to your first stock down. My first stock down is the Texans pass rush which has been really good through the first three games. It's been one of the better parts of this team. Um, they, they had 10 sacks through three games, um, which was among the league leaders. I forget where it ranked them as a team. I know Jerry Hughes as an individual was ranked second in the league in sacks, tied with some big names like Nick Bosa and Khalil Mack. Um, not anymore uh, because the Texans could not get to Rex, or not Rex Burkett, Justin Herbert. Um, and this would have been a game, John, where with Justin Herbert, I don't know if people could tell, but Justin Herbert supposedly has some sort of rib injury. I think it's a lie just because he was still dealing today like he was not injured at all. But let's pretend for a second that the rib injury was real. This would have been a game where if all you're doing is just hitting Herbert, you don't have to sack him, just hit him. Hit him in the rib cage. Then it might have helped you win this football game. John, you know how many times they had they hit the quarterback today? You know how many QB hits the Texans had today? QB hits, Two. not sacks. Two. 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 Both on the but one by Rasheem Green and one by Thomas Booker when each of them got a half sack. Yeah, two quarterback hits. I mean, that is they Justin Herbert was clean all day long. He he I don't think I if you ask Justin Herbert if it's real grass or field turf, he wouldn't know because he didn't get his face never got close enough to look at it. Like he was he was he was upright all day long. So Texans pass rush on a day where you really on a day where they didn't have their starting left tackle either, John. No Rashawn Slater in that game. Um, and you're not able to get it, Justin Herbert. Just a completely unacceptable performance by the Texans' front four. Their offensive line uh, had a sixth-round pick, placing with Sean Slater. It struggled all season anyway, and then they looked like they were all all pros against the Texans. Jonathan Gennard, who went into their season as their best pass rusher, had eight in like his first ten games last year, and then he missed a bunch being injured, but uh, I don't th – does he have a sack yet? Nope, he doesn't and have a sack yet. To be tied for fifth and Grenard not have one, uh, you're right. Their pass rush was awful at a time when they should have been able to get after Herbert, and they were unable to do it. By far their worst performance of the season. Not even close. You're absolutely right. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, John, what's your second stock down? 
Laramie Tunsil. Laramie Tunsil had a holding penalty, had a false start. It's inexcusable for a veteran like that. I didn't hold it against Kenyon Green that he had a holding call that wiped out a pass, 22-yard pass to Cooks to the Chargers' 22-yard line in the first quarter, and then they had to punt because he's a rookie. But Tunsil, it's inexcusable. He's played really well this season. He's burying people. He's had one bad play, but he's had like three or four penalties, and that's not good. Nope, not good at all. I think Tunsil's a good one. I was going to go Kenyon Green on my stock down, and you just kind of talked me out of it right there. A rookie having his first bad game. I mean, technically, he did. It was his worst game, so it was stock down. Petrie didn't have a great game today either. He got beat on that first touchdown, missed a couple tackles. So not a great follow-up performance from Petrie on his uh, by far his best performance as an NFL player so far against Chicago. I, look, I'm going to mix Davis Mills in here, John, as long as he's the quarterback and they're not winning football games and he is failing in specific situations that are game winning type of situations. Davis Mills has to be in here. Now it's stock down, which would imply that it's, he's coming from a place where he was better than he was today. He was worse last week against the bears than he was today against the chargers. But the spirit of this is just, you know, there's there's a general stock down to Mills this whole season where I, I can't avoid putting him in here because you had the early interception, which which started he started the digging of the hole for the Texans. Um, he missed on another easy throw on a third down right after that where the Texans uh, were trying to stay on the field and they couldn't. Um, and, and then, you know, just when they needed, when they needed plays in the fourth quarter of the game, kudos to him. He finally got a touchdown in the fourth quarter on the throw to cooks. Um, but still not a Mills was a big reason why they were down 27 to seven in the first place. So I can't sit here and look at the second half. If we just flip this game on its head and he had this, he had the second half first and the chargers were able to come back and win this game with him playing that way in the second half, we would definitely have him in stock down. So, um, I'm going to put Davis Mills in there. He had only 76 yards passing in the first half. His rating in the first half was 60.4. Yeah. Remember that flat pack in the third quarter? Nico Collins was wide open, and Nico's 6'4", and he could have been 10'4", and he would have yeah. caught that high pass that Mills just airmailed. Yeah, yeah. he had another throw that was a near pick, probably should have been picked off. So, look, Mills, It was statistically it wasn't a horrible day or anything. I mean, he wound up with a bunch of yards because on his last – dozen or so passes he was attacking downfield and that sequence where he hit nico i mean that was a great throw to nico and then the very next play he hits cooks for the touchdown it was my hope at that point john when he hit that play to nico i said to landry or spillane or whoever's sitting next to me i said man go go right back vertical again you know attack again he's probably got a little confidence and they did he scored a touchdown um I don't know, man. It's going to be tough watching this version of Davis. Even this version today, like if this is the version of Davis Mills we're getting, like if this is today, today's version is when we get the rest of the year. Not good enough. This is not, it's, you know, the and, and I know it says two picks in the box score. I'm only giving him credit for one pick because the other one was just a fourth down, throwing it up there, game's over kind of thing. Um, but he's a big reason why you're down 10 points to begin with. So Davis Mills to me, until they win a game, it's almost like I'm going to assume Davis Mills is doing things that are losing games for them. Can you imagine how exciting it's going to be and how much talk show fodder there's going to be when the Texans have the first pick? Think oh. about that. From the end of the season until early May or whenever the draft is, it is going to be great. Yep, it's going to be great, especially hopefully Bryce Young is not hurt, John, too badly. You saw that this weekend that he landed on that shoulder. 
against uh, kind of stretched his shoulder out. Like uh, he was throwing a ball, he was rolling out to his right and he's just trying to throw the ball away. And he kind of landed awkwardly on the shoulder and he had to leave the game against Arkansas. I think they're playing it real close to the vest as to what the injury is. Can you text Bill O'Brien and ask him what the injury is, John, to Bryce Young? Yeah, I already did. And they're, they don't need him to win this next game. They'll, they'll go with that backup. who runs the ball at Katie because they're playing a bad team. Yeah. Did O'Brien text you back? <laughs> I text him every once in a while. You do? They may not need him against the Aggies. No. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, that's who they play. I'm like, God, who yeah. did they play this weekend? <laughs> that was like right over my head. I have a watch party for it. And I'm going, I like I'm going, wow, does Alabama is Alabama doing that directional school thing they do? But they do they're doing it in October. Oh, that's funny, John. Okay. A, a, a not even thinly veiled shot at the Aggies on the Utopia. John, we have Aggies that listen to this podcast and really like it. Why do you have to alienate them like that? I'll guarantee you there's not an Aggie out there right now that doesn't feel the same way. Probably everyone I know is so angry at Jimbo for calling the plays, not having a quarterback. They all want him after the season mm. to find a offensive coordinator who can call plays for him. Oh, okay. Well, Pep Hamilton might be available. You know, you never know. It's a good way to get Pep's son up to Texas A&M, right? Yeah, and I think they don't. I think A&M plays at Alabama in this next game. No, they do. It is. I, I don't know. I think the, it is at Alabama because it was in College Station. No, it's no, this no, week. I'm talking about this week. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, that's that's what I'm saying. Like they, Yeah, they play on Saturday. It's Saturday night, 7 o'clock, I think, is the is kickoff. So um, so there you go. That is our Utopia football podcast for tonight. Four stock up, four stock down. The Texans lose to the uh, Los Angeles Chargers 34-24 at NRG Stadium today. And it's off to Jacksonville next week. John and I have a mailbag that'll be coming out on Wednesday this week. And then we'll do our Thursday where we do a little for real or fugazi. We'll do a pregame six pack for the Jacksonville game. A reminder to email all of your questions for um, the mailbag to HOUmailbag at gmail.com. We're getting more and more questions each week. We really appreciate that. They can be general NFL questions. As long as they're good questions, you can send anything to us. As long as they're good questions, we will read them on the podcast. And, and even if we don't get to them on this coming mailbag, I saved some of them. Some of them were saved or some of them were better used for a bye week and things like that. So send us what you got. H-O-U mailbag at gmail.com. John, I always enjoy it. Appreciate you. Appreciate Figgy Fig for getting this out there to everybody, all, to all the peeps and giving us in your inbox, in your podcast, uh, however you use your podcast uh, or fi- get your podcast, I should say. Odyssey, the Odyssey app, odyssey.com, sportsradio610.com. Uh, or anywhere you get your podcast. John, I enjoyed it as always. Uh, when it was 27-24, I was sitting next to Mark Berman. He said, you think they can come back? And I said, fugazi. And he said, what? <laughs> huh? <laughs> Thanks a lot, John. All right, John. Okay. Sounds good. That's John McClain. I'm Sean Pendergast, and we are out of time. We'll see you guys for the mailbag episode on Wednesday morning, houmailbag at gmail.com. Have a great night, everybody.